0: Hi everyone, this is Dylan Dillagaff with you again for another one of our amazing podcasts. I've got uh, two, two comedians with me tonight, I'll introduce them in a second, but we want to appreciate you for continuing to watch us. We, uh, we enjoy doing this so, so much every week. As you'll notice, my sidekick uh, Isaac Israel isn't with me He's uh, out, who knows what the heck he's doing, he's out boondoggling somewhere, but uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna, hopefully I'm going to fill the load tonight, I'll, I'll carry carry the bucket of water and we'll get this podcast going, hopefully you'll enjoy it, give us some feedback, what you like, what you don't like, um, you know, what, what topics you think we should talk about, um, what topics we shouldn't talk about if there's something, um, but with that, I, I want to welcome our, our guest, I've got, to my left is Justin Berkman, say hi Justin. Hello, I am Justin Great. And to my right, I have uh, Jeffrey Peterson. Say hi, Jeff. Oh,
1: hey, hi. I am hi, Jeff, right now. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah. So I'm
0: going to let them each take take a couple minutes and, and talk about where they've been, what they've done. I got a whole list of credits, but it's kind of boring to sit here and read them. I'm going to let them just kind of take off on their own and, and give us a little, a little bio about some of the shows they've done, where they've been.
1: So I'm going to start off with you, Jeffrey. Hit it. Oh, man. Well, you know, for... 18 years now, I've called myself the 420 comic, and it it's a, it's a gimmick that kind of worked in my favor. So, I've got to work with uh, my heroes, Cheech and Chong, Cheech Willie and Chong. Nelson, yeah, Ziggy that. Marley, yeah. Joe Rogan, you know, Doug Benson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if those two guys are heroes, but uh, I've worked with I've I've worked with hip hop artists that are just you know a laundry list of uh, of people, and so yeah, I I kind of started in the, uh, the whole convention and festival thing early on uh, after I did clubs and stuff so I've really enjoyed a,
2: a, a diverse career awesome cool. yeah. how about how about you Justin so I've been doing this comedy thing for a while about as long as Jeff um, how I long think, is that um, so professionally for almost 16 years now mm-hmm. um, I think at this point, last count, performed in 47 states, 17 countries, done pretty much every type of show. Uh, you know, bowling alleys, laundromats, colleges, theaters, clubs, NA conventions, uh, 12-year-old birthday parties, all the hot gigs. We've all done those. We've all done yeah. 12-year-old
1: birthday parties. That's why it's. That's exactly what I meant by diverse. I yeah, mean, yeah. I. Uh, You know, will perform in places. I'm in the middle of fields sometimes, uh,
2: performing to you know hippies and stuff. So yeah, Uh, how cool is that? I've I've yet to get a field gig. (laughs) Perhaps you can hook me up with
0: that. Yeah. Well, we had something similar to a field gig a couple weeks ago. We did a drive-in comedy show. Tickle Me Entertainment did a drive-in comedy show. Do you, do you know about that? Did you hear about it? I,
2: I did hear about it. Uh, my buddy Ty posted Ty. about that. So,
0: well, that yeah. was, as we talked about last week at uh, comedy uh, in our podcast, we we had Ty. We interviewed Ty for the whole time. And it, there was a little bit of controversy, but everybody worked it out. It turned out fine. Ty was happy. The other folks were happy. We won't yeah. go back through all that. But uh, So I'll give you guys a little high. I, I
1: saw yeah I got a glimpse of it with the uh Stephen Briggs' set and uh it no, was that, that was a different one Stephen that Briggs was a was different it was yeah. A, no. yeah I saw that
0: set did you cool we had such a good time somebody mm-hmm. mentioned to me earlier that uh the hon- horn honking was kind of awkward but I found it to be kind of cool you know it's, <laughs> it was uh it was a different kind of feedback you yeah know? and so uh, I, I really enjoyed it it's, it was a good thing and and I think we're gonna we're gonna maybe look at maybe doing some more of those because it, it was a different venue. We had a we had a food truck there. We had a, a full bar.
1: Yeah, um, and, and I, I think that's kind of along the lines of the diverse kind of yep. stuff where we found ourselves in weird, yep. very weird places doing comedy. i I've, I've done a uh, comedy at a place called Wasteland Weekend which was a, a Mad Max renaissance fair really? that they have in California. Yeah. Uh, they would have had it this year, but a real apocalypse happened. So a real apocalypse. They decided not to. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Justin? Yeah. Where's
0: the weirdest place you've done a show?
2: The weirdest? There's been so many weird ones, it's really hard to single out. <laughs> um, I don't know, now I'm drawing a blank of weird. I mentioned a 12-year-old birthday party, that was a real story. It's yeah. actually a 13-year-old birthday party, it was an Orthodox Jewish bar mitzvah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then, what, I didn't know what to say because the rabbi was there and 12-year-old, so you can't really talk about anything that requires any like experience. Um, so that was a challenge at one point in my so-called set uh, the girls were yelling at me to sing songs from frozen <laughs> And then after I was done the moms were trying to get me to marry their 16 year old daughters. So uh, That was unique So I've seen you both perform
0: comedy I don't know if the audience has seen you so kind of give us an idea of, of what kind of comedy you do, and I know that you're the 420 comic, so yeah. Kind of know, but tell us, tell us, kind of what motivates you, what you, what what you want to, um, what you want to pass along to the to the audience with your comedy.
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm kind of I I have the moniker the 420 comic, but that's certainly not all what my comedy is. Uh, I do impressions. I do probably 10 to 15 celebrity impressions each show that I do, uh, which I love doing because it's kind of a a uh, thing that not a lot of comedians do, uh, but especially in Vegas, we work together a lot in Vegas, and uh, the audiences here really seem to uh, gravitate toward that. So towards the impressions, yeah, yeah. So the impressions. Yeah. And when like we're in Vegas, yeah, and like you, I'm a fan of one-liners, so I do oh, yeah. a lot of one-liners and uh, uh, pop culture stuff. I really like pop culture stuff. I try not to get into the political stuff unless I'm just making fun of it of uh, uh, someone's personality. Right, or so, just very yeah. generic, right? Yeah, and uh, of course I, I do pride myself on having you know, really great pot jokes, so yeah, I write I <laughs> I write, I write yeah. thoughtful pot jokes that aren't just like, you know, Being an older duh, guy. stoner ones, you know.
0: Being an older guy like I am, I grew up in the 60s and that was kind of like the whole the whole culture. Yeah. So having
1: you talk about it a lot is a lot of fun. It Cause brings I, back memories. Yeah, it's and funny. I do, you know, because you've worked with me a lot, I, I do like to educate a little bit while yep. I, you know, bring humor, so. Oh,
2: absolutely. That's that's an important part of it, so good. How, how about you, Justin? Um, well, my first goal is to be funny when I'm doing comedy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I try to talk from the heart when I'm on stage, so anything that I have an opinion about or feel some type of way, I generally try to turn it into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of personal experience that sort of resonates with me that kind of was something that shaped me or something so outlandish I want to share I will share that Um, I also like to definitely be in the moment on stage so I do like to do little little interaction or react to things Um, so I try to incorporate crowd work but only when it's natural it's definitely not like a scripted part where it's like now it's time to talk to the crowd but I always allow myself to play and be free Yeah. you know i'm not as 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 seasoned as
0: you guys are i've yeah. been in it near as long so every time i go up on stage i learn something new and one of the things one of my goals for this year is to do some more audience interaction because i haven't yeah. really done that and um I, I tried hosting a couple of times and that's
1: really i don't know if the audience knows it but that's a very difficult job it's, yeah host. and it's and if you're if you're a comic Take every opportunity you can to host. Yep. You know, absolutely. It's, and, my, uh, it's my least favorite thing to do, but I will do it. It'll it'll make you not only versatile, but uh, you you're you're able to to really you know interact with the crowd for a minute. You know. Yeah.
0: Let me interrupt for just a second. I forgot during the introduction to say where we are this week, and I, we, I need to to kind of give a shout out to our host, which is. Um, makers and what is it makers you guys editing you're makers have to, and finders yeah okay editing in you're gonna have vegas, to fix that out Nevada. let me start that over again so I, I need to uh i need to uh give a big shout out to our host makers and finders, um here in the downtown arts district of las vegas they've been awesome hosts we had food around here somewhere and uh, they've been just super, super good to us. So thank you to them guys. Okay. So I, I
1: like that, that Makers and Finders makes it easy to find. Yeah, Pretty it's easy to, easy to make,
0: yeah. easy to find. <laughs> yeah. I had a girlfriend like that once. <laughs> yes. yeah. So, um, so I, I, I always like to just kind of talk about just stuff. So um, I haven't really experienced this yet. So I'm looking to you guys for some, for some wisdom. What
2: is the worst heckling you've ever got? Um, how uncensored are uh, we allowed to be on well, this very podcast? Uh, you know,
0: I mean, we can tell us. It's okay.
2: okay. I just want to check. Sure. Um, we One of the worst experiences I've had, so I was doing a college show in Connecticut, and I was told before I got on stage that sometimes students like to come just to heckle. That's fun for them. Um, so, college shows, it's generally just you for an hour, so just me, only person, um, so I get on there about maybe not even two minutes into my set, someone just yells out, you're a fucking faggot, um, and I had uh, about 58 minutes left at that point, so also college shows, you can't really treat them like club shows, and you can't really attack the crowd in the same way you could. Um, at a club when you're at a college, right? So I try to be friendly at first. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking bagging, haha. And it's kind of like, you know, go with it and keep the show going. But then uh, they're pretty resilient in their, in their heckling, so they kept yelling stuff at me. Um, and then I'm still trying to be good natured. I'm like, come on, let's squash it. I'm just trying to spread love and jokes here. And then one of the guys—it was two of them—one of them uh, throws a plastic bottle at me. Oh. And at that point, I was like, "Oh, now you're throwing shit is on." So I don't know exactly what I said, but I <laughs> come back at them verbally. The crowd is on my side at this point because you know we are professional shit talkers. That is our occupation. That is our occupation. So I was winning at this point, um, but then they just wouldn't let up. So then at this point, there are two, two young women in the front row. They stand up, turn turn around, start yelling at the guys. So now the two guys and women are going back and forth during this show. I still have 40 minutes left. I sit down on stage. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening at this point. And then by the end of the show, they call in the university police. So the university cops show up. I believe I ended, I did my full time. You know, I want to make sure I got paid. So I did my full hour. I called the guys a couple of bitches, and I walked off stage. So I still got paid. That's uh, that's a Decent case. amount of money, so wow. God bless
0: America.
1: Just whatever it takes, get, just get paid. That's the whole thing, I'm, right? How I'm, about you, Jeffrey? I'm, I'm from Connecticut, so I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, the worst time I got heckled? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I did a, a gig that was pretty crazy. Uh, I do a lot of uh, cannabis gigs, yep. uh, cannabis-related gigs, and I did this crazy one down in Lambert Park, Uh, California which is the hood which is you know uh, uh, it's in it's in like South Central Los Angeles it's definitely the hood Um, it was a very urban event but I didn't bother me at all I'm used to that kind of thing so uh, what was interesting is um is this was called the Million Marijuana March nice and uh, so when I got on stage I am performing in the middle of the day doing pot jokes and there are people, including homeless people, that just live in the park in Lambert Park, and people in that neighborhood, like, who are, are saying to me, do you know where you're at, like, white boy? Do you know where you are? I said, of course I know where I'm at, I'm in Lambert Park. And they say, they'd say well, what you doing up downstate?" I I said, let me, let's get one thing straight, let me introduce myself. I'm Jeffrey Peterson, I grew up here in Los Angeles, uh, remember that one white family in your neighborhood that wouldn't move? I, I, that's us. That was us right there. Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm that white boy. Yeah, and they were like,
0: oh, that
1: man. Was you. That was <laughs> you know. And then uh, uh, one guy got really upset at me, had to meet me backstage. He was a Rastafarian. I've performed with a lot of reggae artists, and uh, sometimes Rastafarians are very serious, and they don't like... They don't like jokes, and so this guy met me, same event, met me backstage and said, those things you're saying, it's wrong, it's not right to be making fun of the gonja, you, you, you ridicule something secret. Oh. I, said, I said, it's our culture, we're allowed to make fun of it, we're, we're having fun with it. I said, I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of pictures of Bob Marley, he was always laughing. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Always laughing.
2: Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. I don't know why your story also made me think of one time I was doing this gig in the Empire of L.A. And, um... While I was performing, some uh, intoxicated guy gets on stage and tries to go grab the mic. So yeah. at that point, again, as a comedian, you can't just ignore that. Right. So you address the situation, someone pulled him off stage, I made fun of the guy a little bit. Apparently, this guy's uncle was there, his uncle was some Salvadorian gang leader, supposedly. <laughs> and so after I got off stage, I was told this, and they were like, uh, he says he's going to be waiting for you in the parking lot, and he's going to stab you. So, They hit me after the show and then they all had to Escort me to my car afterward. I don't know if they made this up. This is what I was told. I don't know why this you, gang leader had no sense of humor were, you, or wanted to you, stab me. You, you, I know you
1: were thing. scared. Like it was either way. Yeah, so it didn't like, matter.
2: You got to prepare. You know, yeah. I don't know. You
1: That's crazy. hilarious. They had to hide him out. Yeah, I've, oh I've been punched. I've been threatened. I've been all kinds of stuff. Oh, he's a dangerous
0: <laughs> game you know, you guys are scaring me because I, 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 don't, have, I don't have that, ex- that much experience, <laughs> and I, I haven't really been, I haven't been heckled yet other than family but that's oh my gosh story. yeah but, so i did watch there was this comedian down on the strip at a, at a, at a daytime show and I, I can't remember his name but he had a person in the audience that heckled him and so i i'm using this for my inspiration so this person started heckling the comic and the comic just looked at him and said I don't see your fucking name on the on the marquee, so shut
1: up. Well, you, you you've got to have heckler ammunition. Oh yeah. If you don't, that's my ammunition so far. <laughs> yeah, but you, you definitely you may have to spar with them, and and a lot of times I don't let, give them any credence until they get out of line. Okay. Like until they get like until they get so crazy out of line, I've been you know had people try to punch me, and then I've gone too far I, in, in character. I was I do a Jim Morrison character one time. A guy tried. A guy tried to punch me and, uh, uh, in a bar out here in Vegas, and Vegas bars get really crazy. So, uh, as Jim Morrison, I drooled on the guy, <laughs> and he really wanted to beat me
2: up. Oh my God. I respect the commitment to the character. Yeah,
1: and then and then people got mad at me, and I said it wasn't me. It was Jim. It was Jimbo. I was in. I was immersed in character. <laughs> so, so if you guys have both been doing comedy for about sixteen years
0: tell me I, I,
1: uh, I, I when did you start doing comedy so my first open mic was in 2002 2002 see so he's uh, he was vivid because I worked at the Ice House in 2003 oh, okay. and that's when I started yeah. in November and I used to see Justin there like we used to work a lot on the second stage I just
2: I just try to count from when I was like making a living right <laughs> but thing.
1: you were definitely you were in there with heavy hitters we were we were in there with people that became famous you know wait 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 so yeah actually can make a living doing this?
2: Uh, it's possible. People we know people we know do it. <laughs> it's like it's like those TV I never said good that, right? it's like
0: those T V guys that tell you all the money that they're making that they never yeah. show you, right? So, right. But um, so so um, what I had a question. I just lost it. Edit that out you guys. But, um, I'm giving you a contact high. I know, right? Say. I'm getting a contact <laughs> high. But um, I, it was a good point to edit this out. You, you, you told was, us,
1: our, our. you asked us our worst gig. I think you were going to oh ask yeah, us okay. our best gig. Okay. So
0: now we've talked about your worst gigs. Let's, right. let's talk about your best gig that you had.
1: Well, gosh, for me, I have had some a really amazing gigs. You've worked that, with some amazing that, people. You know, and, I, and I don't say that out of ego or anything. I just say that out of, like, I've been uh, fortunate... Cool. And I and, I, and uh, worked hard to get those spots. But nothing really beats my goal to, was to work with Cheech and Chong. And I got to open for Cheech and Chong, uh, you know, in, Here in, Vegas no, in, in Denver Really. Uh, in 2014, April 17th, 2014. Uh, it's a day I'll never forget. You know, you it's
2: know? important when the potheads are remembering the exact yeah. date. Oh, my God. That's it's the most day that's
1: important day of of my career. It changed, it not only changed my my career, it changed my whole perception of comedy. I had more fun backstage with Tommy and Cheech. Uh, I'm doing impressions for Cheech Marin. You know, to, to have him ask me to do impression after impression for him really? was like, this is this is why I did did all this, and so I could have a moment like that. So
2: you know, so that was cool. How about you, Justin? Um, I guess I don't have as cool a story. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, no, I think as. I think in some ways, when there's something I can do myself to, I sort of have like a per- perfectionist mentality. So I think that type of personality, you definitely remember the bad shows more than the good shows and focus on them. I think I've been fortunate. I've had a decent number of good shows, but I guess I'll give the, the corny, sappy answer and I'll say... uh the show. I met my current girlfriend. Come on, nah, yeah. come on right? Really? I had a good enough show. I, I got her back to the comedy condo that night, and now she lives with me. Oh so, wow! Hey, Look
1: at that. The tell com- us about the comedy condo. Yeah, that's that's legendary. In <laughs> yeah. the uh, and and. It, it got ruined by I can't remember which comic ruined
2: that for everybody. Comedy Condo.
1: Yeah, oh, they're still around. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, no, I, I thought I was uh, specifically the Comedy Store one. I know. Oh, was oh
2: no, this wasn't the Comedy Store. Right? Yeah,
1: this was a yeah. different one. Awesome. Yeah, different well, ones. see, you you're being modest, man. You you've worked with a lot of famous comedians. You've gotten on festival like comedy festivals and stuff, and and uh, so uh, Justin's definitely being modest here. He's worked with some. You know, I'm sure, like, it, it, of the comedians you've worked with, what was the one that you felt like, wow. I mean, yeah, for me, when I worked with Dom Irera early on in my, I was like, I'm really a comedian. I worked with
2: Dom Irrera. Wow. you know. I guess there have been shows, like, that I've been on at the Hollywood Improv, where everyone is, like, you know relatively famous and killing it and then you're on the lineup with them. Yeah, wow it's kinda of crazy. So I remember one night like Louis C. K showed up and Phil Burr was on that show and Jeff Ross, and then I'm in the middle there. And so, you know, when you're on shows like that, you know, yeah. you it's feel kind of like, like you're either doing something right or someone made mistakes.
1: And, and trust me, you,
2: I mean, we, we all know, you know if you
1: would've bombed, <laughs> yeah. you didn't do well. I mean, I, one time at the Laugh Factory, I went between Aries Spears and dot wow. you know, and uh, that was, that was like really great because both of those guys gave me props afterwards How and I was cool like, exactly. I was the only person that didn't have TV credits.
0: See, that's kind of like me. I'm sitting here between two really, really well-seasoned <laughs> comics and then there's me. But, um, so, so one of the, this is do you guys ever have any reoccurring dreams? Uh, Why are you thinking about that? Let me tell you about my reoccurring dream. It kind of has to do with my comedy. So when I, I was growing up, I was a Johnny Carson fan. I mean every single night you watch watch Carson that was kind of like the law. And so I kept having this reoccurring dream that I did stand-up on The Carson Show, and I got invited to sit on the couch. And as you know, if you get invited to sit on the couch, your career is like, you've made it. And I kept having that reoccurring dream for a long, long time, but that's just me. So what about you guys, anything like that? I mean,
1: for me, I just just discussed this with a friend of mine today. I I don't know if this will ever happen, but I did want to get on the cover of High Times Magazine. That was... (laughs) That was, that was for me the pinnacle of, of coolness, you know, and uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, uh, you know, I did, uh,
2: I did set a goal, and, and that was one of them. How fun is that about you? Think? In terms of recurring dreams, yeah, or, or yeah, you know, kind of yeah. You know. Like, as in goals or things I dream about when I'm sleeping. Because when you first <laughs> said that, I was I was thinking about what I dream about at night. Yeah. Oh. Well, either way,
0: doesn't matter. Either way. Forward.
2: I try not to have goals anymore because I think that's what this pandemic probably you plan, yep. you have aspirations, and it all, all goes to Shake. shit. So uh, I just go day by day at this point. I feel like uh, I've done enough in my comedy career that I just try to be better as a comedian and yeah. see where life it's takes me. It In terms of the, I was thinking in terms of like when I'm actually dreaming, because that's where I thought you were going with this. So uh, we talked about before we started, so I used to be a gymnast and I still have gymnastics dreams, like I'm doing gymnastics in my sleep and then I'll wake up convinced that I can still do this stuff, which I cannot. Um, I do have comedy dreams sometimes and normally my dreams are me doing terribly at something and failing still so have like comedy dreams where I'm like doing a show in front of a thousand people and I can't remember a single joke and I'm just frozen on stage. Those dreams are fun.
1: See, apparently Justin doesn't smoke a lot of pot because <laughs> Because when you do you don't dream as much.
2: Yeah. Well you probably just don't remember. No
1: no it's true. You don't get into REM stage. Your your mind doesn't really get to to REM sleep. Uh, and it's it's bizarre. I've been I, I rarely dream now. My my life is very very vivid and very you know uh, lurid sometimes. But uh, yeah, and, uh, but you know um, what's funny about what you said about about that was very funny that you said about uh, don't set any goals anymore because of our current situation, right? Yep. What's ironic is my goal the whole time, and I've even joked about this for years, is my retirement plan is the apocalypse. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. That's the only way I see me being, you know, financially even with the rest of the world. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I I, I can't catch up with people. So if the world smashes, then I can be like, well, sure, I can dig through trash like everybody else. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, yeah. That that yeah. So so let's kind of maybe change gears a little bit and let's talk about the pandemic. Mm. So um, how's it affected you guys? I mean, have, did, did you have shows lined up?
2: Um, you know, What oh did you do gosh. during the pandemic, that kind of thing? Let me start with Justin. Okay. So, yes, I did have shows lined up. I lost all those shows. I still have August shows on the book. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, because those are some decent gigs for me in August, so hopefully I'll be able to do those at this point. It looks look so good, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. Uh, I kept myself fairly busy, I would say. I realized I was going to have to make some money because uh, my source of income was gone, and it looks like it may be for the foreseeable future. Uh, luckily, um, I have kind of throughout, over the years, I've done some like teaching, tutoring stuff on the side, kind of to make me feel sane and semi-balanced. So I, I just ended up doing more of that, and uh, I kind of got a uh, teaching gig right now, so I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, so that keeps me busy, and I try to, whatever recreation we're allowed to do now, I do it, I've in a little of the marijuana, just to have a little additional funds, so that's my way. You,
1: Jeffrey. Well, you know, I've been uh, probably getting myself in a lot of hot water on on the social networks because I've been I've been out of the closet now as a truther. <laughs> I've I've uh, said too much about what I believe about what's going on. But the way. So, do you think this
2: is like conspiracy uh,
1: hoax? I don't. I don't want to get into that on this. On this, but I don't. I think this is a. I think this is a gigantic deception. And if you follow any of my stuff. Uh, it's it's I've I've actually lost a lot of, uh, of people that used to follow me and I've gained like a wave of people now that see me in a whole different light. So we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I've done in the in the uh, time that we've been down is yeah, I lost a lot of gigs. I, I was gonna be at the comedy store, I was gonna be uh, headlining up at Harvey's in Portland, I was gonna be at the uh, o- Oklahoma Cannabis Expo with Tommy Chong and a bunch of other people. So yeah, a lot of those gigs went sour. My next gig's not till October in Denver. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But what I have been doing is working on my comic books. I publish comic books, I make comic books. This is my latest, I brought one for each of you guys. Oh, thanks,
2: uh, Yeah,
1: and that's, uh, my, that's my series called The Achievers, which is uh, inspired by The Big Lebowski. It's, it's, it's basically the Big Lebowski uh, set in the apocalypse. Uh, this is the son of the dude. Where,
0: where can the audience find
1: those? Um, you can find them uh, on uh, Cali Chronic Comics uh, is our Facebook page. But we have them in stores all across the country. You can just contact me on Instagram. We have an Instagram for Cali Chronic Comics uh, with, a, with an X, C-O-M-I-X. But uh, I'm working on a new comic book right now as we speak. It's going to the printer next week. It's called, called uh, Jaw Healing Chronicles. It's uh, got a kind of a, a Rastafarian vibe to it. But um, it's this group uh, from California called the Jaw Healing Church. So I'll be making uh, that uh, comic book coming out in the next uh, probably three weeks. Um, by August it'll come out. So, yeah, so I've been just churning out my art. Doing, you know, falling you back do, on what I do. do, you do the artwork? I do. I do the artwork. No, no. I do the writing. I've just been. I was an animator for 18 years, so wow. I used to, you know, work on X Men and Batman and all that stuff. So. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I don't know if the audience would be able to see this really well, but the artwork is awesome. So, if you yeah. get a chance to to pick up a copy,
1: it's old school. This yeah. this one is is black and white because it takes place in the apocalypse. But my other ones are full color. Yeah,
0: uh, black and white. Yeah, up,
1: so yeah. Good. So I I kind of keep it, but very they're just cool. you know. So I get to infuse my humor into that, and uh, wow. and that keeps me going. Plus, I do a lot of this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I got to get uh, Justin on a couple of shows. I know of. Oh, that you. would be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good like seeing
2: you. I didn't yeah. see yeah. you in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
1: we're and you know what's neat is uh, we're able to monetize some of this stuff a little bit. We've been able to like, you know, tell people, hey, uh, uh, you know, here's my PayPal. So, you know, that nice. I, so I've done some shows like that.
0: Yeah. yeah I, uh, I have uh, all I've been able to do is do some writing, mm-hmm. do some working on timing. Um, I always have an issue with um, with uh, I, when I practice my set. I think I, whatever time they've given me, I, I do a set. But then, as you guys know, and you guys have suffered too, is you get on stage and you get caught up in the moment, you might wind up talking to somebody, and it messes up your time. And then you gotta in your head you gotta be you gotta be editing what you gotta what you're going to keep and what you're not going to keep so that you end on time. And that's that's sometimes for me. I know you guys are... Well, you know what what would
1: help is is you kind of started it. You talked about being a host. When you're the host, you can talk to the audience a little bit. And when you're the headliner, you can talk to the audience all you want. But a lot of times, headliners get upset if anybody interacts with the audience. Yeah. Like I've seen I've seen headliners go, It's not your job to talk to the audience. That's my job. Because yeah, because it kind of pulls the rabbit out of the so so train yourself to unless you're the host or the headliner just don't talk to the audience that much. Don't let them engage you that that's just an idea. That's the first that's my that's my viewpoint. I don't know. What do you think, Justin?
2: I agree. It depends on the headliner. When I'm headlining, I don't really care too much, but I understand why headliners sometimes do get upset because it changes, like as a comedian, in a sense, you're training the audience, and once someone starts talking to the audience a lot, they're not wanting to listen to jokes anymore. Then they get into the banter and they're expecting a different kind of show. So especially if the headliner then wants to go back to jokes, sometimes they're not in that mood or that energy, or if they're on the other hand, if they do a lot of crowd work, then it gives the impression, oh, you're just kind of continuing doing the same thing from, the, from right.
1: front of you. Good point, yeah. And, and the the host isn't even really supposed to do that much crowd work, per se, more like getting to know you stuff. Where are you from? Anybody got a birthday? Not really too much crowd work, but because a lot of headliners, there's some headliners, that that's their you know, that's act. That's, the that's, that's pretty much... What they do.
2: The only thing I did not like from a feature of people who featured for me, and it was more just because it annoyed me than I don't want you to do this. There was a guy who featured for me at this club in like Indiana, and he would always close his set with this song about titties, and it was like a three minute song about how much he loved titties. And I just thought it was. So terrible, but the crowd liked it. So I would just be in a bad mood every time I walked out on be the like, stage. Oh really? god, I gotta deal with this guy. Oh my god, I,
0: I think it's amazing to make up a three-minute song about titties. Oh, it was like
2: <laughs> I love titties in every single city. I loved. It was basically. Uh, now people are gonna be kept, Goog- kept, people are gonna, gonna be Googling, Googling this, this guy now. I know, right?
0: <laughs> They're both very good. If you get it well, I mean, you're talking about that particular good guy. But these two guys on either side of me are amazing comics. Um, And so, what, what, um, what, what would you like to share? I'll give you a couple minutes each to just kind of share with the audience. um, You know, your your philosophy, any thoughts that you have. Um, And we already talked about shows that are coming up. So, guys, it's going to be farther out. What if the pandemic? What if it continues on? I mean, what are we going to do?
1: Well, you're going to draw. Wow. If, it, if it, 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 well, if it if it carries on in a serious way, uh, the world's going to change vastly. I mean, it's a, there might not be uh, room for the kind of entertainment that we used to have. I mean, like I said, I used to not only do Wasteland Weekend, I used to do Burning Man a lot. For 12 years, I did Burning Man, and I used to have my own... Burning Man is the largest countercultural event on the planet. It's yep. basically like playing the apocalypse, yep. and um, so I kind of have experience performing in those conditions. In so I would just be like a comedic troubadour, you know, How good is the, uh,
2: traveling comedic troubadour. If uh, I think if, if this goes on longer, it'll test to see peop- like people's ability to adapt change course, Yeah, you're, how innovative you are, because I've already seen comics, you know, you've seen with the Zoom comedy a little bit, the drive-in comedy, it's like, okay, comedian was your livelihood, your profession, your goal, if you can't do comedy in the same way, what are you going to do to survive, what are you going to do to yeah. take care of your mental well-being, emotional well-being, so it's about adapting, people will figure it out, you really right. have no choice. I'd rather figure it out and find a way to, you know, maintain myself than ask for handouts or anything like that. That's
1: all I know. Show business is tough, man. I've been in I've been in show business for thirty two years now. Um, I used to be a singer in rock bands. I used to do uh, you know, work in reality T V and animation. It's it's tough to stay afloat in the entertainment. But it's also something that, you know, there's a lot of fortune there. Like like if you if you're able to do this you're kind of riding on a wave, you know, yeah. and uh, the wave could crash at any moment. But we kind of always knew that. <laughs> but you got
0: to be willing to change with the
1: time. You do. So let me, yeah. that, that just brought
0: up a, a, a thought that I had. So you guys both started comedy a while back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Tell me just briefly, whatever, um, what's different about comedy then? you know, I, I remember guys like Steve Martin and, um, Richard Pryor and all that comedy's not the same as it was back then so kind of give
2: me give me your perspective on, on when you guys started and, and what you see now go ahead buddy. I would say I mean the biggest change is how the internet and social media changed comedy because when I first I was sort of started at a transitional period in comedy I first started bookers were still having you send VHS tapes of your comedy out in order to get booked then that changed to sending out DVDs now it's online links Uh, industry used to be they'd come out to find you they'd come to comedy clubs they would go to festivals now it's they scour the internet for who has a youtube following who has a twitter platform and it's brought people in comedy into stand-up who don't really do stand-up so that's another way it's changed because brought people into stand-up who just have like you know, know a million followers or subscribers on YouTube or Twitter. So that's so, what
0: makes them valuable
2: how many followers yeah, they since have. Since they already have a platform, then managers and comedy clubs are like, all right, go get people and see. We already know people like them, so now let's try to capitalize on their you know, recognition and make money off of them. That's, it, now industry is like, how, I mean, it was always how can we make money off of you, but it's not as much as do we appreciate or want to kind of spread your art as much as um, can we capitalize on what you've accomplished on your own? And yeah. Make money off
1: it? it's your true. Joke? It's true. There's uh, even in, in my subculture of the cannabis world, there's people that uh, do videos of them smoking weed and they're considered funny. Like the I won't name his name, but the the Las Vegas cannabis comedian of uh, 2019 uh, is not a comedian at all. Doesn't you know and wouldn't know what to do. With that so the the craft of stand-up comedy has kind of been disrespected i think in a lot of ways to call your we need different monikers that's all you know this is a new frontier for them call it something else there is some people that buy followers there's some people that you can buy followers you can you can pay companies to <coughs> get you followers that aren't organic at all they, they'll just They'll get you fifty thousand, they'll get you a hundred thousand dollars. You the more you pay, the more they'll get you. Really?
2: Yeah. Um, on the positive side though, in a, it has given opened up the possibility to develop a bigger fan base outside of the traditional routes of getting on TV and having managers and agents open up the stores for you because you I mean, there is the possibility that you post a couple of videos of your stand up online gets tons of people watching it, and now you've built a fan base that way. Unfortunately, with all the stuff out there, it's hard for so your so-called it, fans to find it.
1: It's uh, also a double-edged sword, though, because then they've already seen some of your stuff yes. in this light. But you know what else uh, besides that? Because uh, there are some comics that I know that are very good at that, that are, that are up-and-coming stars that make very funny videos, and they get big hits because they're funny. But... I've found this to be a trend that that I'm not comfortable with. Celebrities and sports figures or whatever, porn stars, all of a sudden, they're comedians. They never were funny before. Now, Ron Jeremy, who's probably going to go away for a long time, uh, I've worked with him many times. He was a comedian before he did porn. Yeah, he used to do comedy in the Catskills. But this trend of, you know, fill in the blanks, Celebrities that all of a sudden decided they're going to utilize comedy as this, you know, back backup platform. Stand-up comedy is hilarious just to me. Just because of their celebrity, they yeah. That their and then too. they are all of a sudden headlining over comics that have been trudging away for years. But you know, if you respect the 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 craft of comedy, you you never get mad at it because yeah. it's just you knew it was going to take forever. Yeah. And it, and and just to do it. Is a, a kind of an honor, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I I'm, yeah, that, that's the way I kind of figure of it, too. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a craft, you've got to constantly uh, work at it. And, and other people, you know, they they may not make it, and yeah, that's okay, too. I mean, oh, yeah. You just got to realize at that point when you, I'm not, I'm not really that funny after all, and you got to, instead of trying to push it, I don't think. Even if you have a lot of followers, I don't think that you should keep doing it if you're not funny, right?
1: Well, yeah, and you know what's great about it is comedy will let you know if you're not funny. I mean, you can you can only take getting kicked around for so long, and you won't get you will get paid, and if you don't get paid, you don't really get to call yourself a that's right comic. You know? <laughs>
0: time out, editing. Time out for a second. How much time we got left, Sammy?
1: What? Well, how many how many minutes we got? Pardon? It was a long time ago. We're way over. Oh, we're way over? We can, okay. we can wrap us up. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to. So we'll just spend a couple more minutes and then we'll wrap. Okay?
0: So we're, we're back on. So um, that's really interesting. I, I never thought of that before. Um, I, I, uh, I look forward to, to progressing with my career. And, and being doing this podcast this has really given me some great insight. Every time I do one of these, I learn something new. Um, you know, it, it validates some of the thoughts that I that I had. Um, I got into comedy because I retired from NASA, and it was like I, my wife told me I had to do something because I was driving her nuts. And so, I don't know if you, what we'd say with you guys, but I was always the class clown uh, the, the people, making people laugh all the time. So when I was working at NASA, I'd always wind up hosting all of the, the luncheons and everything. And then I retired and I sat around and I thought, you know, just, I could probably do this, and that's, that was kind of a fatal thing to think. And so, what do you do when you want to learn something? You go buy a book, right? Yeah. So I bought a book, and um, next thing you know, I'm uh, i doing an open mic, and uh, my first open mic was at a was at a gentleman's club in Vegas, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting. But would was, that be Sapphires? That would be Sapphires. Yeah, the
1: world's largest gentleman. Yes,
0: it was. And
1: speaking of great gigs, uh, two years ago I got to. Uh, co-headline there with Man, Really? With, uh, that was a Phil Pareto, Tickle Me Comedy Club production. Uh, and uh, that was astounding because I've performed at that place a bunch of times, but never saw it packed like that. You know, it's, it's never, it, all the times I performed there, never got to smoke pot anywhere other than deep in the parking lot. <laughs> but when you're with Afro Man, yeah, they opened the open back season. door and they didn't give a crap. So yeah, I loved so it. Cool.
0: That was so. That's where I. That's where I did my first official standup. And, uh, it was okay. I, I got some laughs. So I, I uh, and then my, uh, my Phil. Um, was instrumental in saying, oh, No, no, you were fine." Was, I think he was just stroking. So, like I said, every time I, I get to host a podcast, I learn from 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 more experienced comics like you guys. So, I'm gonna give you a minute to, to say anything else that you'd like to say to the audience, and then we'll wrap it up. So,
1: I just want to say, "Wow!" And all the times I worked with you, I didn't know you worked for NASA, and that boy, that opens up a gigantic can of worms for me because, <laughs> as I just mentioned. I'm a truther, and uh, there's a lot of things, uh, oh, no, okay. th- yeah, that I'm very curious about. Um. but um, but uh, you know, it's a fine line because um, you know, uh, people think you're kind of a, a nutcase for for wanting to uh, to find out the uh, the truth behind some of these uh, conspiracy theories. but um, I, 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 my comedy is gonna slightly go in that direction, but very comedically. Uh, I have a project I'm working on and uh, this is going to be an animated series. We've been working on this for the last couple years uh, to turn it into an animated series with some great celebrities. I work on this with uh, with Jeff Dowd, the real dude who Jeff Bridges portrays in The Big Lebowski, so. Who is that?
2: How about you, Jesse? would you like to compose I would just like to thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure getting out of the house and seeing people. (laughs) I'll see Jeff again for the first time in ages. I hope uh, when it's possible you guys come see a live comedy. I mean, the Zoom comedy will last us temporarily. The live thing is what it's all about. So hopefully we can all get to do that soon. Okay, so I'll close with something. So my new idol is Elon Musk. Okay.
0: He launched his Tesla into outer space. Do you know about that?
1: I saw the mouse that ran across the footage of it, the yes. actual mouse that ran across the footage. Are you I, talking about that? No, I'm talking about this. <laughs> SpaceX? Yeah, no, I saw it. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I, I saw I was mesmerized by that. You got, didn't see the little mouse that ran across no, the... No, I was too busy watching Starman. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the mouse. Hey, Starman Jeff Bridges oh, yes. and John Carpenter, yes. one of the greatest movies Absolutely.
0: of all time. So, alright, well I think uh, well, our podcast is going to be coming <laughs> to an end now. We're going to get, I know we're going to get a big, big, big Here's topic.
1: something for you to chew on. Elon Musk's mom used to be one of Charles Manson's Mansonites. Really? She was in the Manson family. And his sister is Charles Manson's daughter. So so what? There you go. <laughs>
0: so, oh, my gosh. So I, I want to thank you guys, Justin, Jeffrey. I want to thank you for yeah. coming tonight. I also want to give a big shout out to our host, um, Finders and make, Makers and Finders. I'll get it right. Don't worry. Makers and Finders. Um, I'm dyslexic. I don't know. But uh, and also, I, I give a shout out to all of our production people, Sammy behind the camera, our folks that are that are remote, JT, Camille, all the other folks, uh, my co-host uh, Isaac Israel, who's not with us tonight. And uh, so I, we really appreciate you sharing your time with us and letting us uh, uh, kind of uh, talk with you for a little while. And hopefully, uh, you'll watch and you'll watch. You keep. Hopefully you'll watch and you'll keep watching us. So with that, I want to fill the bill gap and I want to say good night to everybody. Good night.